Hey, Triangle Lovers, welcome to Making Moves, hosted by the Rachel Kendall team, where we will explore together the top restaurants, community hotspots, and events in our area. Let's make some moves. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Making Moves. And we're making some moves with Kayla Davenport. Welcome, Kayla. How are you? you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So Kayla is a buyer specialist for the Rachel Kendall team. Um, She is dynamic. She is fun. She is creative. Mm -hmm. And she's here to talk to us about pop-up markets in the triangle. Yes. I love it. So first off, what is a pop-up market? It is literally where you just poof. Pop up. <laughs> um, you can do it in the mall, like those carts in the middle of the mall, those kiosks okay. are considered pop-up shops. But sometimes even those stores, if they're there temporarily, it's technically a pop-up shop. It's where you find some space to find your buyers, your okay. clients, your customer, whoever it is, without having to have an official brick and mortar store. Right. So it's awesome for someone who maybe started online, maybe just starting a business, or if you want to test your product and you're not sure if it will work. Flea markets are a great option too. So it's just giving you some exposure to people. So we're in sales, clearly. Mm-hmm. We're, we sell houses. Yes. And one of the, the, the statements that I make sometimes when I'm working with people is, What's different about our sales approach is that we don't have a dealership. You know, we don't have we don't have a lot of opportunities for people to come to us. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of a pop up market when and testing a product or even just putting yourself out there because that's what you're doing. You're putting yourself in a dealership where you know that your potential customer could go. So tell me a little bit about who your customer is with your creativity and what business that got you into pop up markets. So I. I do jewelry. Okay. And you're wearing it now and it's gorgeous. Yes. Thank you. Um, I started with waist beads and waist beads, waist beads. So literally you wear them around your waist. Yes. Okay. Um, I did that because I lost weight and it helped me maintain my weight. And I noticed everyone else was just loving them, whether it was to lose weight or just to be cute. I'm all for that. Uh Um, but when I started, it was just my circle of friends or whatever. And I was like, well, I want to make more money with this. So what put me into pop-up is that I needed exposure. And one thing you learn with doing real estate is you have to get faces. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier or it's different mm-hmm. when you're trying to sell a house or something. But if you're trying to find jewelry, you just have to find someone who wants your jewelry, who mm-hmm. likes your aesthetic, who likes your your taste. Mm-hmm. So for me, it helped me find my clientele for the jewelry side. And surprisingly, it's all over the place. Uh-huh. I could have an older uh, lady say, I just want a really pretty necklace or I just want some bangles. Like I know a lot of women who just wear bangles up their arm. Uh-huh. It's just their thing. Um, and then you'll have someone really young. I've had a girl turn 12 and buy a bling bag for her birthday. Mm-hmm. So it helps me see what people like, what trends are out here, what to gravitate to. Um, but my style is everywhere. Yeah. I just like bold pieces that you could just put on with a simple outfit. And it's like, oh, it's a look. So you named several different styles. You, you named waist beads, mm-hmm. bangles, mm-hmm. Uh, bling purses, right? Bling, yes. Bling bags. Yes. Um, <laughs> and oh, what else? And, and just necklaces in general. So talk to me a little bit about where those pieces came from and how you get inspired to design. Um, the bangles is came from my mom. My mom and my grandmother always wear bangles up their arm. 
those are the legs I was referring to earlier. And it's something with me. That's that's why I'm trying to keep my arms still. I don't want to clink in everyone's <laughs> ear. But it's something I wear all the time. Um, it's just a dainty way to add to an outfit. Um, this necklace I actually made for my mom. So she's like a big jewelry lady. That's where I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I know. And so I also went to school for fashion. Okay. So I've always had this creative thing with me. Right. Um, and doing the jewelry just gave me a little bit of an outlet. And it didn't really come until I started my real estate career. And I was like, I need something mm-hmm. to help fill my time. So I don't feel like I'm just working all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it fulfilled me because if I'm honest at the time, my business wasn't where I wanted it to be. Right. And it helped me like keep going until I was able to find where I needed to be for my business, which mm-hmm. ended up being here. That's right. Um, but it came just in time and it relit something in me that I think helped me relit myself for real estate. Yeah. So I just think it was one of those things, perfect timing because it's always was, it was always there. Um, but I literally walked into Michael's. Uh-huh. I got what I needed to make a necklace, a bracelet and some waist beads and I sold them. And I said, if I can sell these, I can sell any of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's all I needed. I don't know where it came from. It just yeah. came and I went with it. So. I think that we all have that yin and yang of creativity and mm-hmm. process. And I love the marriage of the two for you is, you know, I can still take that memory of my mom and these powerful women in my life and I can have that with me every single day. Yeah. I mean, I think that's awesome. And that's something that as we, you know, get older mm-hmm. and especially with women, as our lives go through different seasons, it's important to hold on to, you know, things that are special for sure and make sure that they remain a part of your life. So sure. that is great. But I mean, all I hear now when I hear you jingle with your bangles is I'm going to think about your mom and your aunt. I know. I, know. <laughs> I like for people to know I'm coming, yeah. you know, <laughs> make an entrance. That's right. Here comes Kayla. That's right. So, okay. So we went to Michael's, we picked up the arts and crafts, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we found out how to do this. Now, how did you start to figure out now? How do I find my customer? How do you find out about getting space at a flea market, a mall, or even, I know downtown Raleigh does several pop-up markets, um, here and there, but normally I find out about them like when they're happening, right? How do you find out about how to participate in those? So I did social media. Okay. Um, I joined a load boat of groups. Um, and at first I was finding them late, but I at least started to see like who, who's hosting these, who's putting these out here. And I'm kind of now to the point where I'm looking to host my own okay. because fortune favors the bold, you know, um, <laughs> and we just need opportunity. Yeah. It's a lot of people out here who are starting businesses and we just need exposure, whatever the business is. So, um, Facebook groups or people will reach. I've had people who buy my stuff and say, Hey, there's a pop-up shop here. Would you like to go out here? I think you'll be great for this. Um, and just networking, you have to put yourself out there mm-hmm. And I learned that because I started with e-commerce and I thought I could do everything on social media. Social media can only get you, but so far you have to show your face at some point. And that's why I was like, I have to do a pop-up shop. And once I did my first pop-up shop, everything changed for me because now I was meeting people. They saw my face. It wasn't just my product that they liked. Mm -hmm. It was me they were liking. Mm -hmm. And so they were willing to give me their information. Now I can follow up with you. Do you need anything else? I have a lady that I met at my very first pop-up shop. She's like, I'm getting married at the end of the year. I love this bag, but I don't want it. I want something else. Can you find it for me? I will find her that bag. And we ca- we talk constantly. You know, she keeps me updated where she's at, but that's because we met face to face and had that conversation. Right. So now it's not just, oh, she 
likes my product. I just now have someone that I just genuinely enjoy talking to, but she wants my product, mm-hmm. which is a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. Pop-up shops gives us that power. So you just have to network with people. And um, Facebook is my biggest winner because you don't just have to stick to your area. You can travel and do pop-up shops, which is something I'm starting to do too. That's so. awesome. And I think that's a great message for any aspiring entrepreneur or somebody that has a product, an idea, a creative um, space that they want to, you know, get out there to the public is that, you know, we, we can hide behind screens and they can only get you so far. And it's really the people connection. And that's something that we cultivate on our team. We cultivate that within each other. Like we have to be present, we have to be available. And that is something you want to know who you're working with. Um, I love that message and that motivation to get out there and be somewhere, especially coming out of a pandemic year. We forgot how to network, right? We forgot how to put ourselves out there. Um, And you started this business really last year, right? Yes. And so what were some of the challenges that you faced with not being able to participate in pop-up markets? Well, I don't think... My biggest challenge was just getting people to want to interact, Mm -hmm. I think. Like, people want to be there, but we're still like, do I shake your hand? Do I say hello? Like, it's okay to smile at you? Can I breathe when I walk by you, right? (laughs) It's it's okay. We're here. Even if you want to stand back, but talk to me. You know, that's why you came out. And even if you don't, then just look at my product. But I think that was my biggest thing because it didn't come back until people were kind of comfortable coming out. And it was right at that moment. Prior to, before, when we weren't having pop-up shops, that was the issue because I was like, what am I supposed to do? Right. You know, like, how do I, I don't want to be on TikTok all day, yeah. right? And I don't want that to be my only way, but it's a wonderful way. Yeah. But that doesn't always connect. Um, and I know me, I'm better, like, to know me is really to love me. If you just walk by me, you'll be like, whoa, <laughs> that was intense, right? But to know me, you'll be like, whoa, she's amazing. Well, not to <laughs> brag, but you're like, she's but different. You yeah. um, and so I knew that's what I needed. not just to be on social media. That was the frustration, not necessarily the people. It was just the time we were in Mm -hmm. and it wasn't necessarily available. And if I wanted to do a kiosk, it was so expensive, but it didn't even know, I couldn't even map if it was going to convert because people weren't at the mall at the time. See, this is where my brain lights up and I'm like, Ooh, return on investment. This let's discover this. So give me an idea about, you know, the difference between a free pop-up and the cost that might be associated with some of these temporary pop-ups or kiosks like you were just talking about, what can somebody expect to see in terms of a range of expenses? So most pop-up shops aren't free, even if it's like someone's putting it together. Okay. Um, and I will probably stay away from the free ones. Reason being, they're probably not promoting for you. Okay. They're probably not drawing the crowd that you necessarily want. Right. I mean, you even have to pay to get into a flea market. You know okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I and there are free ones out here and I've wasted my time with them and that's okay. how I learned it. You get um, what you pay for, right? Literally. Yeah. Um, the kiosk, the thing there is you have to pay regardless, right? Um, and those usually have higher fees, which I think people wait to usually have that traffic or you'll see them more so around the holiday time because people are just shopping, period. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't matter. Um, but if you're like me and you have a specific thing and you're actually trying to build the clientele, I say do like a pop 
pop-up shop where there's different vendors. Mm -hmm. And the thing there is find making sure that you don't have too much competition. Mm -hmm. So you want to know who's on the list. You want to know what they're marketing. Um, if you do have to pay, are, what are you providing? Are you providing me a table? Are you providing me chairs? Do I have electricity? Um, if you are marketing, are you doing ads or do I need to pay for that? Mm -hmm. Because that's now an expense that I have to cover. Mm -hmm. What type of audience do you draw? Is it a big one or is it a little one? Because now that shows what type of inventory I need to bring to the pop-up shop. So the kiosk is a great option if you're at that point mm -hmm. because you'll get more traffic, but that means more expenses, right? right? But a pop-up shop is iffy because you never know who's going to show up, but it's cheaper and you usually get a little bit more and it's for real temporary. It's mm -hmm. usually like 11 to 7. And if you want to go the next day, 11 to 7 if they have it. A kiosk, you're kind of stuck, mm -hmm. you know? A longer commitment. Yes. Um, more skin in the game. Yes. Um, but hopefully by then you're, you know, a little more polished to be there and right. you're in what you're providing and the and the and the product that you're That's right. selling mm -hmm. so it's all about where you are like I, I want to be kiosk level mm -hmm. but I'm not there yet um, so I stick to pop-up because it keeps my cost low uh, meaning whatever inventory I have I have right and it's like I'll just sell whatever I have and when I'm done I'm done mm -hmm. whereas if I'm if I'm at a kiosk I don't want to run out of inventory so I could possibly overload mm -hmm. myself a little bit and I don't want to do that but when you're going for a pop-up shop, if you're just starting out, get you an eight-foot table. That's Home Depot, Amazon. Right. Get you a cloth. Get you some foldable chairs. So that if they're not providing it, fine. I'll pay the $20. I have it already. But you still get the crowd. Right. You know? Um, and if they are providing it, then pay that extra. Because now you don't have to travel with that. Because right. that is a headache <laughs> to set up. Um, it's a workout. It is. It goes back <laughs> to those waist beads and making sure. <laughs> yes, and making sure that waist is together. Hit me up if you need some. Um, but. But it's just, you know, knowing where you are. If you don't have a lot of inventory, don't go big. Yeah. And that was a mistake that I made. I went to a pop-up shop that was too big. And I was like, ooh, yeah. I can't even handle all Well, I'm all sure this. that would even frustrate the clientele because everybody wants to walk away with something. Yes. You have to be able to have that gratification of the sale when they're, you're standing right there. Yes. Um, it's, it's definitely something we talk about in real estate, too, is mm -hmm. that, you know, immediate gratification can get really hard to manage. Yes. And when you're selling a direct product like that to the consumer. Yeah. You've got to have the inventory. Um, and then that gives you some feedback about what pieces go faster too. Yes. Right. And then you can replicate and yes. do it again. Best thing about a pop-up shop. That's when I learned the bangles were popular. Mm -hmm. The waist beads were huge and the sparkly stuff that I thought was just Kayla's taste. Some women like that. Yeah. Okay, great. You need to get more of that. Yeah. Um, and those are usually my more expensive items, but if people like it, let's go for it. Let's follow it. And then there were things that I thought would sell like hotcakes, like sunglasses that people were like, mm, no, those are mm, cute girl, yeah, you know, but yeah. those are everywhere. Right. So I definitely had to tweak and change. So testing is always important, but that instant gratification pop-up shops give you that mm -hmm. because you're meeting people. You never, oh, I needed a beer oil or, oh, I needed a new brush that I'd never known I needed, right. but it's awesome, <laughs> you know, and you get, you get that opportunity. And we got to laugh because of course we're going to talk to you. Yeah. And 
make you comfortable because we want you to shop with us. Yeah. You don't always get that at Forever 21. Yeah. You know? No, no it's not personalized at For all. Sure. And, and we're always seeking out the connection. I know that's something that's important to you. So when, when you think about getting ready to do a pop-up, okay, I've got, I've got the inventory, I've got the stand ready to go. I, I how early do I need to be looking for different opportunities if I'm ready to go? Like we've mentioned missing out on them. How far in advance do you see pop-ups start to attract vendors prior to their marketing? A couple months. Okay. Um, especially because sometimes it will even come so early. We don't even have a location, but we know we have the date. Um, so like sh- there's one in Charlotte. They're trying to do an outdoor air um, pop-up mm-hmm. shop. We know it's July 31st. We have two possible locations, but they haven't settled on the, the place. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. And for people like me, I'm like, great. I know I got two options. Yeah. I know we're going to be outside. Just get me there. Right. right. Um, for some people that scares them because they're like, that's not enough information. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. Here's my $50 because now I'm in the running. If right. you, you know the it. date, you can make sure you have that's that available. Right. You know approximately where you're going to be. The rest is just details. Yes. The real kicker is being on the list. People mm-hmm. put it out there very, very early, but because people want the opportunity and a lot of businesses got started last year. Yeah. I think people are forgetting that too. And you just want to be in the number. If it cancels, fine. Right. Um, so I say there's never too early. If you could do your whole year in January, do it mm-hmm. because that way, you know, I have a possibility to sell my product every month, even if it's just one. Um, what I learned from doing my last one, you need to have at least two on the books Okay. because if one cancels, like if you're just starting out, you can have the one a year if that's the pace that you need. Right. Me, I prefer to have two so that if one cancels, I have another option. If that one cancels, okay, fine. Right. I can't control that, but I at least tried. And I did that as when I did my first one, I did the rest of the year for Charmed of Okay. So okay. is there like a season? Is there a season for pop-up markets now. where now, mm-hmm. now's the season? Everyone's out springtime, summertime. Yeah. It's warm back to school. Okay. Um, right. if that's and, a, thing and right a lot now. of people, you know, do holiday shopping yes. in the fall, yes. right? Or in the, so growing up in Cary, um, my favorite thing to do with my mom was to go to lazy days. Have you ever heard of lazy days? No. It's in, um, it's normally like mid August, early August, okay. um, the first weekend and it's all day It's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's really, um, it's a lot of North Carolina, um, vendors that come together that okay. are selling, you know, authentic products. So okay. a lot of woodworking candles are, you know, just tons of handmade type product. Yes. And it's a memory that I have. And it's something that even back in the mid eighties has been going on. Mm-hmm. Are there specialty pop-ups for jewelry is, and then is that something that's common? I mean, this one was specific to North Carolina, um, based products. Mm-hmm. So is there something like that for jewelry? I haven't found that yet. Mm-hmm. And if I don't find it, I plan on creating it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> ideas. Yes. Um, but what I am noticing as a big thing for jewelry is selling live. Okay. So getting on live, showing what Your you own have. little HSN. And like, hey, here's the number. Yeah. And I used to sell paparazzi jewelry. I guess I should add that. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of paparazzi. I, I remember paparazzi jewelry. So that was really big mm-hmm. in the paparazzi world. But now I'm noticing it doesn't matter what you sell. People are getting on live and just selling, especially jewelry-wise. I think that's awesome, though, because it, um, social media is its own little pop-up shop mm-hmm. now. The way they're creating it, but you have to know how to... We still need that connection right. piece. Um, but as far as 
specialty. I think specialty times are around like for um, Christmas, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot more people wanting jewelry people at yeah. those because those are like the gifts that people yeah. kind of look for. Another really big one in our area that is um, right around October is the Junior League uh, a shopping spree. I know last year they uh, think they had to do it virtually, but I would hope that they can get back into the um, Raleigh Convention Center. But it is huge mm-hmm. and it is, you know, great gifts for families. Yeah. Um, and I, they don't necessarily have um, a specific, you know, product that they're attracting. It's a, just a variety. It can be children's clothes. It's got um, mail delivery food and it's just a bunch of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's another really big one that I know of mm-hmm. that happens every year. Um, and then obviously the flea market, you mentioned that twice. So yes. to some, they don't know what our Raleigh flea market is. Well, actually, I hate to say it, I've never done the you Raleigh. You have Not ever. I've always went to Winston. Only okay. reason being the flea, I'm originally from Winston. Okay. And the flea market is huge there. Yeah. Like, people love the flea market there. And I just know people there. It was easier for me to get in there. Yeah. Um, but as far as the one here, I hear great things about it. So I know I need to like you knock on that door a little bit, but I definitely just tapped into my comfort zone. At that so that, point. that brings up a good point. You mentioned you had an, an entrance in the Winston area because that's where you're originally from. Mm-hmm. So do you need to know, like, is there like a contact? How do you find out who to contact about some of these larger um, pop-ups and larger, you know, expos? I think it helps for sure. Um, a lot more of my opportunities for pop-up shops came after my very first one and people met me and I was like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. You, especially if their table was awesome because mm-hmm. clearly you're, you've been doing this. Um, and that's another thing. If you're doing a pop-up shop, it's not just to sell your product. Network. Network with the other vendors. Yes. Yeah. That bought me so, like, just give them your card, show them your product, whatever it is, just stop by their table because your next opportunity can literally come from that. I'm not the only person who goes to pop-up shops that is looking to create their own. Mm-hmm. And so people reach out and say, hey, I'm starting mine. Would you like to be there? Or, hey, if you, the reason I found out about the one in Winston, someone called me. They was like, hey, you should do the one in Winston because you're from here. You got friends here. We'll show out for you. I was like, okay, great. Why not? And it was a good, it was cheap. It was $25 for me to get the yeah. table. I was like, even if no one buys anything, it really isn't a loss, right? Right. And I got to see friends afterwards, whatever. <laughs> but the thing is, I didn't get that until I was putting myself out there to let people know what I was trying to do, what I was trying to create with my other brand. And another lost thing is I don't take enough footage of when I'm places. Oh, yeah. Because that gets lost. You know, um, something Marty tells tells me here is like, you just got to remind, like people believe what they see. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's from the same podcast, pop-up shop. Just post it again. Right. Like, right. <laughs> just keep posting. But then I mentioned how I met you and you was like, you don't need social media for your business. <laughs> so I'm like, both are true. Both, both are very are true. accurate. Both are true. But you have to find the playing field, the equalness for both. Um, well, you said it at the beginning. That's secondary to our main goal, which is connecting with the client. Yeah. Right. Connecting with our customer. Yeah. Um, once you've established that process, then yeah, let me add in all this other great, you know, marketing and other ways of reaching people and grow that base even more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's um, that can be really overwhelming for an entrepreneur or, that, or a salesperson starting a, a new business. And it it's just keeping it simple. Yes. Keeping it simple and just doing it. That's a lost art. Yeah. <laughs> it is because we have so many options. Yeah. Everything is thrown at us. Um, and with a, a pop-up shop, you feel like you have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I felt. Like 
I was freaking out. That's just out. your personality. Yes. <laughs> I, I like to be very accurate. I like to know what's going on. It doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work right. that way. And I, it wasn't until I got there and I was like, oh, okay. Like, first of all, it's not even that serious. I mean, it is that serious because it's business. But from what I was thinking, it's not that serious. So my advice to anyone who's wanting to just get out there, you have to just get out yeah. there. Even if you don't know what to say, don't stand behind the table. Like, that was something I had to push myself to do. Mm-hmm. Thank God for my friends being there because my friend was like, no, you need to go stand up front. <laughs> like, people are walking by you because you're chilling. Yeah. But that was, I was just so nervous at that time because it, to me, it wasn't... Oh, I'm trying to, I wasn't working. I was actually trying to connect with people, yeah. but I'm a little weird that way. So stand <laughs> just in had front to find of your groove. Yeah. Just had to find it. And just say, Hey, it doesn't have to be anything other than, Hey, how are you? Well, not every, every person making a creative product or a product in general has that sales education. Yeah. So I get that, you know, they're focused in on creating beautiful products or whatever that is, that creative outlet. And they might not know, know how to put that out there. And that's why I think this was such a great topic for people to hear is, you know, you can create it, but you still got to put it out there for, for people. Sure. Even um, if you think no one's going to like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause try, you got to try something. That's right. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you found real estate. I mean, I know you're passionate about jewelry, but Ooh. how did you find real estate and you know what, what's been great about it? Man. How did, so my grandmother and my grandfather, they used to buy and sell homes all up and down the East coast when I was younger. I didn't realize what they were doing until I got older. And I was like, oh, that's why y'all chilling now <laughs> because you knew what you were doing. Um, so I seen that. My grandmother also was an interior designer. Okay. So that added to my little artsy part mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but I didn't really find real estate until I moved to Raleigh and I decided I needed to do something different. I was working for a company and I was just miserable. Mm-hmm. Like I was coming home crying every day. Oh. And I was, just, I told my mom, I'm just gonna go to school for real estate. And at first she was looking at me like, I had three heads because mm-hmm. this is someone who came from cosmetology school, went to fashion and business school. And she's like, real estate is what you want to do. And I did it. I finished and I quit my job yeah. before having one client or anything. I was just over it. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> um, but I did it and I, I'm glad that I did it because it gave me no other option. Mm-hmm. It was no plan B. It was nothing. And it forced me to stick with it. And real estate has been awesome to teach me who I am Mm -hmm. and how strong I am. Um, And nothing is the same every day. Mm -hmm. My day is different. My problems are different Mm -hmm. every day. Um, But every problem has an answer. Even if we don't like it, every problem has a solution. Mm -hmm. And that's what real estate teaches me. Um, And just how to talk to people. People want to do things. People want help. Mm -hmm. They just don't know where to start. And where I'm perfect at is like, okay, good. I'm not going to coddle you with it. But I have an answer for you. You, yeah. if you want it. Um, and we're going to have fun with it too. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's even if it wasn't a crazy market, like people love to layer that crazy mm-hmm. market on it. Even if we could write an offer and possibly the seller accepted it today, that's still a hard decision for you. Yeah. But let me tell you how we can make that easier. The fact that I just said that Kayla a year ago would have never said that's that. Right. So thanks Mahalo. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Kayla, you are obviously somebody that takes risks and with every risk is reward, like you said, and your clients are lucky to have somebody that can steer the ship. Um, and also, you know, one of the things I'm noticing about you is that you wear it proudly. You know, yes. I love that you're wearing your jewelry because when we do that, we're proud of what we do and we're telling everybody about it and it yes. gives that opportunity to connect. So definitely the full package when it comes to starting something and seeing it all the way through to the follow-up. So to. this has been great. Thank you so much for Thank sharing you. and being a part of making moves Thank you. Thank you. and please get out there into that Raleigh flea market so that I will. we can talk all about it and get people there. Doing my area disservice. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, have a great day Thank and you. thanks you for too. coming to making moves. All right. Bye y'all. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Making Moves. We want to deliver the highlights of the triangle that you want to hear. Let us know your feedback, comment on our social media, like, and of course, subscribe to continue and discover why we love where we live. Until next time with Making Moves, hosted by the Rachel Kendall team.